this is Coach's Chat, and I'm Betsy Foster. You're in for some thoughtful conversations with fitness industry professionals, musings on current topics in the wellness field, and actionable advice for building a thriving career as a fitness professional. At Foster Strength, my mission is to lead and educate colleagues in the fitness industry to deliver client-centered coaching that gets clients real results built on sound scientific principles, encourages them to build a long and fulfilling relationship with exercise, and disrupts toxic fitness culture to foster an inclusive industry. Let's get going. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Coaches Chat. We're here talking career viability part two. Now, I'm hoping for lightning to strike twice because I recorded this episode already. I felt like it worked out so well. And then I listened back and there was something wrong with the mic and the sound. And it was so disappointing because I really feel like I captured what I wanted to. So hopefully... I catch that this time. We're talking about the career viability of personal training. This is the second part. So if you haven't listened to part one, you can go back to the previous episode and listen to that. In that episode, I'm basically breaking down a little bit about sort of misconceptions around personal training as simply a a part-time job, simply a stepping stone to something else, something that's holding you over, something that has to be temporary and something that can't bring career fulfillment, financial fulfillment, all of those things. And that's those are kind of misconceptions that exist um, in the general public. And then even among sort of like movement industries, I believe that there is some misconception around personal training. So I talk about that. And then I talk about sort of what a career in personal training looks like and some of the positives, the pros, which can include the time flexibility, um, you know, scheduling flexibility, financial return on sort of hours worked, the investment, uh, I mean, the the uh, impact you can make, the creativity that comes from it, all of those things. I break it down far more eloquently and with a little bit more um, clarity of thought in the previous episode, as well as I talk about, pretty frankly, about the drawbacks and some of the things that you can't get from a career in personal training. Some of the um, security, but not necessarily like as, as straight as this job doesn't provide any security. But there is an element of unknown to it, an element of um, sort of like lack of dependability, maybe, or something like that, set hours, more rigid constraints that can sometimes make people feel a lot more secure in the position that they hold, a little bit more that they can plan out, map out. Uh, some of the things that, that you just really aren't, as personal training stands right now as a career, aren't offered to you. So I, I try to be as frank about that because what I don't want is to tell everyone that it's the perfect career for them if it isn't because it's not going to align with every what every individual wants. 
or needs at a given time. But I do want to say that if it is something that you do want, it is possible. And there are a lot of things that it can give you. Career satisfaction is something that I think is kind of important to talk about because a job is, to me, sort of a time filler, a a financial necessity. A career is something that is growing with you, that you are getting... Um, you are getting something out of as well as putting something into it. So there are elements, a lot of elements to that. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I'd suggest going back and listening listening to it because this episode is going to be about how we get to that viability point. So what I like to say is that career trainer the the benefits, the perks, the forward trajectory that comes with that career training level isn't what you start out with. And it's something that you ultimately have to work toward. A little bit like any job, I think, I don't know why we expect it to be different, but most positions that you start in, you're going to start in an entry level position and you're going to have to grow in that career to get to the point where you you are making the kind of money you want, challenged by the kind of work that you're doing, um, feeling like you have the kind of impact that you want to have. All of those things with any field, I believe, has a sort of growth trajectory. For some reason, it's a little harder or a little more unclear when it comes to personal training. And part of that is because sort of career personal training coaching doesn't really exist. And that's very much why I have created the business I've created, because there isn't a lot of guidance on creating that dream personal training career that you have. And there is certainly not a lot of support in those initial years when the work is harder, when the sacrifices are greater, when it demands more of you. And when you don't have your footing yet. So that's a big part of why I am doing what I do. And that's why this episode exists. So I want to talk about sort of where, when we, what are the steps necessary or some of the behaviors, actions, intentions that are required to get from that initial starting out point to that long-term career trainer. What I will say is that it is entirely uh, possible and useful and valid to want to do this job as a supplemental um, role, as something that you do on the side, something that is an interest to you that is not a career. Um, Certainly, there is so much value to that. And there are a lot of trainers who are part-time or who do this in some way that isn't their full-time position in the more traditional sense. And that is totally valid and needed and useful. It's just not necessarily the central focus of what I'm trying to talk about here. So some of these things may apply to folks who are doing this sort of in a part-time capacity or who are sort of not looking for that long-term growth in the same way. It just might need to be applied a little differently. So some of the behaviors, actions, intentions that I'm talking about may be able to be done at a slower rate or 
um, with less intensity, things like that. But I'll kind of talk about it as we go through. What this really is, is an opportunity to think through what things can I be doing more actively to help me get from this starting position to this career personal training I don't want to say pinnacle because, you know, come on. But there are ways to make good money. There are ways to have big impact. I, I, This came up again in between recording these episodes. I had this great plan to record this episode last week. My kids got sick. You know, life happens. And But in the meantime, someone shared with me that, yeah, they get frustrated with that sort of like, belittling of the role of quote unquote personal trainer as you explain it to people. And I think this bears repeating. So I'll say it as many times as possible, but like, we are not going to be able to change people's perceptions about what we do with anything. We can't change how people see something or feel something, you know, that is not our responsibility. And I know how hard it can feel because I know I know how much time, effort, energy I've put into my work and then to feel it boiled down to this this appropriately named term, personal training, but that has all this sort of um, connotation to it of like not all that um, challenging, sort of frivolous is what maybe what the word I would I would use that people are thinking about something like that, um, maybe not as legitimate as another movement professional or medical professional or something like that. Um, you know, I, I know what that feels like, um, and it and it can be really, really difficult. What I would encourage you to do is focus on what it is that you do, and then get wildly passionate, wildly behind the work that you do as you explain it. And even just as you sort of like exist in the world, be proud of all of the knowledge that you have about exercise science, about supporting individuals, about coaching, about movement, about nutrition, about sleep, about lifestyle, about all of those things. Get so... um so proud of, of that knowledge. Be proud of the actions that you take to sort of um, actively make a really positive impact on people's health and well-being. Talk, think about sort of how your impact on one person can domino to other people where their whole family is now more active or thinking about these kind of things. You are, you're showing people not only about their bodies, but about their resiliency, about their spirit, about their own strength. I mean, I could go on and on and on about the benefits of personal training and then sort of the power that I hold within my role as a personal trainer. And while you can't change anybody's opinion, the more you are behind what it is you do. And, you know, as silly as it sounds, sort of like tune out that, I believe the the greater we can, the better we can be at communicating what it is we do really well to other people. You know, part of it is on us because part of it is that sort of like, I'm only a personal trainer is how we speak to people about our role. And that's, that's doing ourselves a disservice. So I want you to get 
vehemently passionate about what it is you do and communicate that as well as you can. That's part of another reason why I started my business as, you know, too, is because I couldn't be more um, behind a career in personal training. I really couldn't because I know the power that it has. I know what it offers. Uh, There are lots of things I'd like to change about the industry in order to make it better, in order to have career personal trainers have longer careers, be better supported by the gym settings they're working on, working in, um, you know, all of those kinds of things. But, but a big part of it is really communicating that this is a legitimate job, that this has really meaningful um, meaningful impact on people's lives, and that and that it's necessary in a lot of ways, you know. Uh, it really adds to the landscape of health and fitness. And in so many ways, a personal trainer has so much more immediate impact, immediate effect, immediate ability to support an individual than any medical professional that they um, only get to see for a limited amount of time. And I could talk about that for a long time, but I just want to remind you, you have to carry some of that passion, some of that vigor, some of that um, pride in what you do to better communicate. And then let people say what they say, because you know that I, I, I won't pretend that it doesn't feel bad or that I don't like, um, get annoyed with that as well. So, uh, jumping back to our, how do we get to that career destination that, that personal trainer who has lots of years behind them, who has a schedule they really enjoy and who is making a financial, um, bringing home enough money to do whatever it is that they want to do. That is not typically where people are starting off. And if you see an ad for a personal training position, oftentimes in like a job posting for a big commercial gym, it will list your ability to make six figures. It will list your ability to have a, a only a 20-hour commitment. It will sort of go through all of the benefits that are is totally possible, but it's typically possible for someone who is who is put in some time. And so that that dream position doesn't happen in those first 90 days. It doesn't happen in those first six months. And sometimes it doesn't happen uh, for a year, two years down the line. And I think there isn't a great um, explanation of that in applying for those positions that this could take a while to get to that destination. That destination is possible. So there's a little bit of mismanaged expectation when it comes to people getting hired. And I think it's a little bit why there's a big turnover is this. I, I've heard as a trainer that these are all possibilities for me, this like six figure number, this dream schedule number, um, all, all of these benefits that come along with a position and I expect them immediately. And that isn't going to happen necessarily. I mean, everybody's going to have this trajectory at a different rate. So I don't want to say that it's impossible, but it's highly un, highly not, highly unprobable, um, at that rate. And I think it's, um, a misstep on the, in the role of like supervisors as they don't explain that. But part of that is how they kind of lure people in 
um, with mismanaged expectations. So let's talk about some of the actions, the behaviors, the intentions that are required to get from that starting position of not making a lot of money, about putting in a lot of hours, about not having an ideal schedule to making this a career. Number one, and the biggest overall piece to the puzzle, I think personally, is being highly independently driven. So this career, and there may be a lot of other ones that are like this, but there are many that aren't, really requires you to have a lot of personal responsibility, a lot of personal motivation to be driven independently because there isn't a lot of hand-holding. Depending on where you're working, whether it be in a big commercial gym, whether it be in a boutique, whether it be on your own, and, and when I say working on your own, a lot of the lessons that I'm talking about don't necessarily apply to that as a first step because I don't often think it's the best first step. Um, I think there's a lot offered to you by working in a gym first, but you can certainly extrapolate a little bit and apply. But if, if it doesn't make quite a lot of sense, if you just started working on your own, then bear with me and see if you can't make some connections. Um, but if you're starting in a gym, depending on who your supervisor is or who your manager is, it's going to depend. That is going to dictate how involve someone is in your personal and professional development. And oftentimes there's too much variation in what those roles are depending on where you are. So, so the crux of it is that oftentimes you have to be the person who is responsible for your own development. You have to hold yourself accountable. You have to to help yourself identify what it is you need to be working on. You have to show up and and insist to yourself that that you need to be at the gym more frequently. You've got to keep your programs fresh. You've got to be learning new things. You've got to be communicating with your clients. If you need a lot of support, if you need someone telling you each step of the way what to do, you're going to maybe struggle. And then you may, if that's more where you are to start, you may need a coach who's going to be able to help you through that, a mentor who's going to be able to help you through that. But even if you are independently driven and you're not given support in the place where you're working, you may need to seek that support to help put those puzzle pieces together from someone else. That's a big part of why I do what I do. But so being independently driven is probably the biggest part. The second one is putting in the time. Unfortunately, there's no way to skip steps in this idea of putting in the time. Now, some people put in the time and it moves faster. Some people put in the time and it moves slower. But what I mean by put in the time is literally you have to be at the gym a lot. You have to train a lot of people in complimentary sessions and complimentary assessments. Because if we look at it as a numbers game, the more of those you do, the more conversion... So you get to paying clients. Whoops. And so, so that just necessitates a lot of hours put in. You have to get a lot of hours actually watching people move, coaching people so that you feel better, so that you stop second guessing yourself. You need a lot of hours in the beginning to make the financial um, payout worth it. So So I actually don't think that there's any problem with gyms 
giving a lower pay percentage to people who are starting maybe in their like first level of training. Because listen, the gym is providing you probably with some educational tools. They're definitely providing you with equipment. And then they're providing you with a like hot lead customer base, meaning that all those people are already in the gym and they are like step one into possibly being clients. And if you're brand new, all of those advantages are things that you need in order to be able to build your career. So if you're only taking home 30, 35% of what the cost of a session is, I actually don't see any real glaring issue with that in the beginning. What I do see an issue with is that that kind of is, is your maximal earning potential at, at certain gyms. And that's not, that's not everywhere. And I would encourage you to find places where you can increase from that. So what I'm saying a little bit is like in those first one to two years, you may be working a ton. You may be putting a lot of hours in and you might not be getting as much money as you need. And so you have to be willing to put that in because eventually there is an, there is to me a belief that after those two years, maybe one to two years, you're going to move up to a next level and you're going to be taking home a larger percentage, 40 to 45% of that amount that the gym is taking in. And that's because you've, you've given them some, you've given as much as they've given you. You you have a, a steady client base for them. You are positively, positively impacting their members, lives you are consistently showing up to work doing the things that you need to do and and part of the the things that they were offering you you don't necessarily need as much so you should be taking home a larger percentage of the amount of money somebody is paying when you're working in a gym you are not going to ever get the whole thing and you're not going to ever get a huge huge portion Certainly, I think there are probably better ways of paying personal trainers. And I, that's a big reason why, you know, I'd love to work with some gyms about what they offer for personal trainers who are going to exist in their entire career in personal training. But, but in the beginning, you may have to be up for a year or two of this really challenging step. And so if that's not necessarily something that you can do full out all in, it might just take longer. It might take longer to get to that career viability standpoint. You have to, number three, so we we talked about being independently driven, about putting in the time. You got to be committed to getting good. And by committed to getting good, I mean all in. You can't have one foot out the door going, I don't know if this is going to work out, so I'm just not going to be committed to it. The people who get to that career position are people who are committed to being personal trainers. That means committed to learning new things, committed to mentorship, committed to um, critical feedback, committed to learning where they're, where they have room to grow, committed to not having all the answers now, but figuring out the answers as they go and not always looking for the next thing to just mix it up for them. So really being able to be all in, both feet facing forward with with a little bit of blinders on and then being able to expand as you become more comfortable, as you become better at what you're doing, 
then you you know you can diversify your interests a little bit but you got to be you got to be zoned in on the foundations in the beginning you need to be committed to investing in yourself and that is from a financial standpoint that's from a time standpoint that's just from a general commitment to getting better and those are going to look different. It's not all like, let me get 17 certifications. It's saying, where do I need help support from? Um, and certainly there are mentors at gyms that you can find. But remember, those people are giving you their time, all their knowledge from years that they have acquired it. And so making sure that you're investing, um, I, I think financially in them is a really important thing. And then lastly, it's the idea that in order to create this as a career, you have to be willing to change and shift your position, the places you work, the amount of money that you're willing to work for over your career as it aligns with your values. And let me explain that a little bit more clearly. Like I was saying before, that that initial period where you're maybe not making a lot of money and putting a ton of hours in is is maybe appropriate in the beginning. But you also have to stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself and realize that there's going to be a point where you have put the hours in, where you have gotten better, where you need to be making more money. And is the place that you are working a place that's going to pay you more money? Great, then move up in their levels. If you're not getting that, if you're not getting opportunities for growth that aren't just uh, sort of, I don't know, like, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know, uh, just fake. You know, somebody, I'll think about the word and it'll come to me later after I've recorded this. But that aren't just for decoration purposes. Oh, we gave you this new job just to kind of, uh, make us look better to, to make you think you're doing more, but you're actually not getting compensated more for it. And, and it's more ceremonial or something like that. Um, so making sure that you're given opportunities that really challenge you, that really align with what you want to do. And then that financially and time-wise and all these sort of expectations are changing, adapting, and evolving with your own development. You know, if you're being required to work weird split shifts and you're eight years in, I encourage you to find a different gym to work in or to go out on your own or to do any of these things. Now, I typically think that it's about figuring out what works best for you. And sometimes the security of always having the client base at the gym is an appropriate fix. I know, I know for tons of trainers who work at some really great gyms, it is still appropriate them for them to work at that gym. They never have to get like, if they lose a client, they have clients to pull from at that gym, but they have a client base that is so fervently behind them, they would never switch gyms. Um, They're getting really well compensated. They are given sort of the room with their seniority to develop. They're given opportunities. They're um, given appropriate accolades and and being regularly told what what they bring to the gym. You know, some of this is just is being appropriately um, told how well you're doing 
all the words are leaving me. There are all these words that sort of sum this stuff up. But as you go, you're going to have to determine what that is for you. And sometimes it's staying at a gym or switching gyms or going to a different kind of gym or starting your own gym or starting your own business. But realizing that to make this a career, you're probably not going to be in the exact same position with the exact same hours for the rest of your life. It's going to evolve over time and you have to let it evolve over time. And you've got to regularly assess for yourself, what do you need to make this worthwhile for you? So let me just recap those quickly. Um, The one and most overarching is being independently driven, having ownership over what you need, how to do it, and to be on top of it. You got to put in time. Time's going to look different for everybody, Um, but you got to, there is going to be a time requirement. You're going to have to commit to it. So commitment, putting both feet in it, not one foot out the door, really commit yourself to getting good at this and this being your field, your area of expertise. Have a place in the industry by committing to it. You have to invest in yourself, invest in continuing education, invest in personal development, invest in mentorship, and invest in time and energy and all the other things that help you feel good in your job, your mental health, your exercise, all of those kinds of things. And then you have to be willing to let your career evolve and change and find the best fit as aligns with your values. Make sure that you're prioritizing your happiness. You're prioritizing your professional development. You're prioritizing more responsibilities and, and evolving. And then please, please, please prioritize your own financial security. No one in big positions is going to prioritize what you need financially other than you. That's on you. And I encourage you to ask for it. Uh, Particularly women, we tend to shy away from that. And I want to encourage you to prioritize your financial needs and make this work for you. As always, um, I want to talk about this more. I want to hear what you think. I want to learn about what's best for you. So please, please, please um, send me a DM at foster underscore strength on Instagram, or you can email me Betsy at the letter B fosterstrong.com. I'm always open to hear sort of your questions, your concerns, your thoughts, your feedback. I've gotten some great, great messages recently about loving the content and loving the podcast. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that. And how cool is it that this just reaches people that I wouldn't have ever met otherwise. If that's you and you are enjoying the podcast, if you're enjoying listening, if you're getting something valuable out of it, if you wouldn't mind, just please leave a five-star rating on Apple. And if you've got a couple extra minutes and can write a quick review, that would be so helpful. It helps people see the podcast. Okay. I don't want to take any more of your time. I hope this is super valuable and I'm glad that I got to do the recording all over again because I'll say this stuff over and over. Go do wonderful things. And until next time, bye.